Welcome to the Brand Ballers Podcast with Carl and Mike, where it's all about learning to build a brand that people understand. You actually haven't introduced anything in a while. I haven't? No. No? I thought I did the last one, didn't I? No? No, no, no. The one about me. You're like two weeks ago. Oh, the one about you. Right, right, right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So last time, we talked about what makes a good website. We gave a bunch of tips and ideas about how to make that happen. So once you get people to your website, what happens next? You got to get them to your product offering. And so today we're going to talk about how to make your product offering good and describe the process and maybe some examples for that. All right. So let's kick it off. Boom. Okay. Oh. All right. So starting off with a product offering, I mean, let's just start from that. What is a product offering? Well, a product offering is pretty much, well, well I think of it is um, as For example, you go to the grocery store and you look at food packaging and you look at, for example, milk or cheese or whatever you're buying, macaroni and cheese for us, and you decide, okay, well, I'm going to choose one or the other based on the information that you see on that package. So they are facts related to what you are selling or offering and it helps the prospect or customer to decide what to choose. So that is my definition of what a product offering is. Clear. Works for you? Yeah? Okay, clear. Good. Cool. So All then, right. what makes it so? What's it, what makes it good then? What, I mean, our, our whole thing is we got to make it good. But what is your definition of good? Yeah. Well, let's go on that like macaroni and cheese box something. So what makes it good? You know, it has to be clear messaging. It should be concise. Very easily, I pick up the box and I know exactly what this is. Uh, it, it maybe addresses some of the questions that I have. Well, if it's about macaroni and cheese, I think it would just show. You know, it's very cheesy and it's very, <laughs> it's a great thing and I'm going to enjoy it once it's in my mouth. Right. And I think that if it tells people um, what type of a, a pain or issue that it solves, I think it works well. And I think with, for example, macaroni and cheese, you know, with like Kraft, they changed it where they have like a new, like more nutritious, like no preservative kind of recipe. I think that speaks to that particular type of customer that looks for that. So maybe something that speaks to your customer in that way, right? Some kind of messaging that way. Totally, totally. And this all draws back into this uh, branding that we're trying to do. How would you say that this relates to branding overall? Well, I think it totally relates to branding. Um, Number one, because people are contacting you for any number of reasons. And the reason why they're doing that, one of the big reasons is because they somehow relate to your brand and your offering. So how you present yourself and your product offering reflects that. There should be an alignment with the impression that people already have of you. And so the second part of it is that if your product offering and the way you present it is somehow inconsistent with what people are uh, or what people have already experienced and what their expectations are, that could negatively impact their decision, which sounds kind of weird, but but we do it all the time when we go grocery shopping because when I pick up a package and I think, ooh, wait a minute, it's not... It hasn't listed, you know, for example, that it's non-GMO or something like mm-hmm. that. So I'll put that down. I'll go somewhere else. So, you know, people might have second thoughts about buying from you or it might delay their action if your product offering isn't what we call good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so if, when it comes to your product offering, what are some things that you can consider in terms of pre- creating a good product offering? I think, number one, you need to demonstrate relevance to your clients. So... If you can, in some sort, if you can relate to their situation, mention that. Try to touch upon areas, uh, maybe their pain points or areas that they would like to be. I think that's going to show, that's going to demonstrate that your product is going to help take someone from a current situation to a more improved situation. Uh, Another thing is to demonstrate 
what the best options for your client are. You know, with a product, there's sort of these things. There's a combination of features, price, convenience, planning. All these kind of come together to provide something that's appealing to someone uh, for whatever the particular reasons are. And what I find is that if you can figure out, if you can do some research, if you can kind of figure out what it is that you need to say uh, when it comes to price, is it, are you, do you know that you're dealing with certain types of people that they're very price sensitive and that they've got to see that at the beginning, then maybe that's a good way to structure your product offering is to say, okay, up front, you know, boom, here's the price. Uh, now let's talk about the details. And, and I've, I've kind of done this with, uh, you know, when it comes to pitching uh, for certain project, projects. It's sort of, you get a feel of how someone wants to, uh, I guess, uh, absorb the information. Sometimes they like to work, you know, almost from, from the end, uh, you know, back to the beginning. We'll, we'll talk about how great the product is, and at the very end, I'm going to show you the price. Uh, but some people actually appreciate this idea of, okay, just show me the price at the very beginning, and let's chisel away so I can understand what all the things, all the elements that are going into this. Right. I think that's, for me, that's how I like it as well. I want to know, for example, something like this where it's kind of big. I mean, you do want to know the price. It's not, it's like, at least have an expectation for people, right? What they're, what they can expect, you know, price to be. And then what that means to them. I think that's a, that's a pretty good way. Um, for mine, I think it's usually that people are, uh, they do want to know the price, but I kind of say, okay, well, yeah, that's important, but here's what you kind of get first. I kind of do it a little bit reversed. Um, but I think that for mine, maybe the, um, the initial price isn't quite as maybe as big of an investment at mm -hmm. first. Yeah. So I think I can kind of you know describe. Okay, well, this is what you get because I know that for most most people when they go and ask about that, they usually get the price first, and I want to kind of demonstrate well what value they're getting first, and then and then introduce the price. For mine, anyway, it seems to work. Totally, totally, and that just kind of goes to like the next. Well, it's, it kind of goes hand in hand with this. Is just try to provide a detailed breakdown of everything of what your product offers. So these would be like the deliverables. And so some clients like to see a list of all the things that they're going to get. So, you know, from a high level, you could say, you know, we're going to help you, t we're going to help take you from this position to a more improved position. And that's great from a marketing standpoint, but uh, some people want to know what that, what are all the little elements of that so that you'll see like uh, whenever you're buying some kind of gadget, you know, there's really a breakdown of all the little specs of what you get. And uh, you can actually do that with, with your services. And what I find is that can help uh, make it very clear uh, what the expectations are if someone's going to buy your buy your product, and it helps to remove some of this uh, uncertainties and questions that they have. Right, and I think that there is a point where there's too much information. So mm -hmm. I think also you don't want to scare them away with providing so much that you know that's kind of unnecessary. It's kind of like that movie someone was talking about recently, where you know the guy calls the girl or whatever and he and he flubs up the message on the voice on the voice thing and he calls back and he keeps like flubbing <laughs> it up even more and at the end of it she calls him and says don't bother calling me again <laughs> so you know it's something like that where you don't want to give out you don't want to give you know overly detailed information but you do want to understand what people are looking for so i think it does take maybe a little bit of experimentation to reach that point but once you kind of get it you know at, you know you'll, you'll know kind of thing yeah so okay so basically we've covered what a good product offering is and what sort of things should be included. So some of the things that maybe you can do to put this into action, some actionable steps for you would be, for example, number one, determine what you should offer. If you have a ton of ideas or you solve many problem areas for clients, 
maybe just think about focusing on one and see if you can write a complete part product offering for that. You know, that's typically the tough thing is like you want to solve, there's a million things that you can solve for, for someone. Uh, but if you can just focus on one thing, it actually might help you to be really clear and stuff, which leads to sort of uh, the next action step, which I would say is try to see if you can sum up a client situation or how you could solve it or, or you know, how your product relates to it in one to two sentences. You know, so the cheesiest macaroni and cheese, you know, for some people that's that's very clear for a product offering and it's enough to say, hmm, you know, would might this be the tastiest macaroni and cheese I could I'd ever taste. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, something like, you know, not necessarily um, what can I say, over the top type of uh, thing, but really clearly identify what people are interested in, in hearing and kind of put that down. Mm-hmm. So that would be really good for your, your summary. Um, and then the third thing you could do is create the breakdown, like we mentioned earlier, of your offering. So what you can deliver and follow those ideas that Mike had mentioned about putting in all the different deliverables and, um, you know, making sure that you satisfy what their expectations are going to be. Yeah. Another thing is to have an idea of uh, pricing, like in a, in a ballpark range. So even if you have a service and you might have something, well, well, it really depends on how much work is going to be involved and stuff. What I found is that most people just want to, they want to talk with you in the sense of, and, and they just want to know who are they dealing with. And so I've learned from experience making web design, uh, you know, you have web designers that will do something for 500 that the same person will do it for 5,000 and then some people will charge 15,000 and it's hard to tell. Um, and each person, each designer uh, and developer has their own way, their techniques and for re- and reasons why they price at certain things. And I find that if you just get that out of the way, uh, sooner than hiding it, uh, further down the, uh, the sales process, uh, it's going <laughs> to probably save you time, uh, because you'll realize that you're dealing with someone that you know is actually willing to invest uh, what you think your product is worth. Right, totally, and also that is that can last quite a long time. So yeah, you're right though. The sooner you can kind of get that out of the way, not get it out of the way, but at least use it as a qualifier, right, for people. Right, and you can qualify that client by making sure that they can actually afford what you're offering. Yeah, and an example that I use is there's a certain amount of upfront hours that I'm going to have to put in uh, to to do something at a, you know, that's decent for, for a client or that I think is good. Uh, and so I've started by just saying, okay, uh, prices starting from X, you know, that allows people will realize, okay, I can't just, uh, see if I can work with him and and see if we can break down everything to this minuscule thing that goes below this, uh, threshold. So I've tried to kind of limit myself and saying, okay, I only want to start with clients that are willing to invest a little bit. And that's, this is the price that I tell them. And then we go from there. And if they see that and they, before we even interact and that's already too much for them, uh, then they can always say, okay, Mike's not the right fit for me. Okay, cool. And I think that sort of following up with that then for our last action step is that testimonials can help move that along where people might say, okay, well, yeah, you want to charge this amount of money. And then they want to see maybe proof that you're actually good enough to deliver that. So any kind of testimonials that you have, anything relevant that you can show people demonstrate on your in your offering those are great because then people are going to feel way more secure mm-hmm. in selecting options uh, that you know someone else has already done basically they've already i guess you've already proven to someone else that you can do it so that makes it a lot easier for people another thing i find very uh, useful with testimonials is it allows a prospect to see see themselves as a let's say a similar situation as someone else so they would see a testimonial from let's say like uh, someone who's a marketing director and if they're a marketing director 
they can see, oh, okay, we have some similarities in the job. Uh, I can see like this person was trying to do something very similar to what I was trying to doing, what I was trying to do, you know, choosing this particular product. I can see that, you know, it helped them. So maybe it can help me. So there's this sort of relational ship. I don't know. English. Hello. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> relational. Uh, relational. Yeah. Symbiotic uh, somehow. Yeah. Anyway. So, okay. So that is the, those are five anyway. So one more maybe call to action would be the call to action. So the make sure that you put something in there that says, okay, this is what you can do next to move this along if, you're, if, you, if you've liked the product offering. And that's something that I always put in mind. And the way I structure mine is always say, maybe we can work together this time, but if not, then that's okay. And maybe in the future we can come back. If this doesn't work for you at this time, then you know, I'm, I'm here to talk to you next time as well. So I make sure that I you know, leave the door open. I let them, it's almost very, a very a soft kind of sell, I, I, but I also tell them, I do have a certain number of projects that I'm working on, which is true. Mm-hmm. And then, but at the same time, I want to say, okay, if you want to do it, you should kind of do it now because it might get busier later. But if not, not a big deal. We'll, you know, we'll meet up in, in uh, some time in the future. And that is this episode of the Brand Ballers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get fresh new episodes each and every single week. And please let us know if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to cover. Thanks for listening to Brand Ballers. Learn to build a brand that people understand.